This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today we're talking about the classic ballad Misty by Errol Garner. We'll take a look at the chords so we can figure out how to most efficiently learn it and find out what harmonic secrets we can discover in the process. Let's do this thing. What's up, Brenton here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another quick win episode of the podcast. By the way, we also have a video version of this podcast over at learnjazzstandards.com where you can also see video of today's show. I'll be talking a little bit about color coding, but if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, not to worry at all because you'll totally be on the same page as all of us through audio alone. All right, let's dig into it. So Misty is a classic jazz ballad. Everybody needs to know this tune, but there are a lot of harmonic twists and turns in it that can make it a little bit difficult to memorize the chords. So let's simplify it. But first, listen to what it sounds like. important thing of course when learning the chord changes to any tune is to make sure that you know the melody really well and the best way to learn the melody is by ear and if that sounds like something completely intimidating like you have no idea how to go about doing it I've never done that before then definitely follow my list process for learning jazz standards which is listen internalize sing and transfer and I talk a lot more about that in my free guide called learn jazz standards the smart way which I'll leave a link to in the description as well as in the show notes. But taking a look at Misty, the first chord that we have here is E flat major. And we know that that is actually the key of the tune because there are three flats here in the key signature. So E flat major, all right? So first chord is E flat major. So easy to remember, it is the one chord in the key of the song E flat major. Now, whenever I'm trying to memorize chords, I like to make things easy to understand by categorizing them. And as we start going through this, we'll start seeing how I do that. So for example, I want to look forward here and I see that we have an A flat major seven coming up. And the way we get there is through a B flat minor seven and an E flat major seven. So we start with E flat major seven going to B flat minor seven to E flat seven to A flat major seven. Now, the A flat major is actually the four chord of E flat major. So that A flat is the four chord and we get there through a two, five, one. And that's B flat minor seven to E flat seven going to A flat major seven. So I'm always looking for in jazz different key centers that we're going to 
and how they arrive there. And oftentimes we're arriving there by two five ones. But at the same time, I'm also looking at how do these chords, these new key centers relate to the parent key center. So really when we're talking about this transition from E flat major to A flat major, A flat major is still the four chord in E flat major. So really important to understand your Roman numeral analysis of chord changes. But already this is going to help me out quite a bit because I can already just understand that the first three bars is a one to a four chord. But of course, we're going to tonicize that four chord with a B flat minor seven to an E flat seven. Now, moving on, we have an A flat minor seven to a D flat seven. So we just got to that A flat major seven. Then we're going to the A flat minor seven, D flat seven. In the melody, that's the. Which is also another really important point when trying to memorize chord changes is always make sure you're able to relate the melody back to the chord changes you're learning. So whether you're a saxophone player, piano player, guitar player, really doesn't matter. Make sure that melody is locked in to your understanding of where you're actually at with the chords. And by doing that, you're going to get lost a lot less often as well. Now, again, whenever I'm studying chords and I'm analyzing them, I always want to make sure I understand what chords came before. In this case, it was an A flat major seven and what chord comes afterwards. And what chord comes afterwards is an E flat major seven. Because initially when I look at this A flat minor and D flat seven, I think to myself, that's a two five in G flat major. However, if we look ahead to the chord it resolves to, E flat major, it actually does not resolve to a G flat major. So what's really actually going on here? Well, yes, it's what we could call a deceptive cadence, a cadence that does not resolve where you think it's going to go. However, really all we're trying to do is get from A flat major over here back to E flat major again. The way we're doing that is something called a backdoor dominant. And that backdoor dominant is this right here the D flat seven, right? So we go A flat minor seven, D flat seven to E flat major seven. Okay, now the D flat seven, we call this a backdoor dominant. A normal dominant seventh chord, like how we're gonna get back to the one chord would be like any kind of B flat seven chord going to E flat major, right? So a five to one chord, right? But we call it a backdoor dominant when we're going a whole step below the chord we're arriving to. So D flat seven, D flat is a whole step below E flat major, right? But we're using a dominant seventh chord and arriving back at that E flat major seven. When we really analyze this, you know, we can kind of see that there are some altered tones within that D flat seven that would be altered tones within the B flat seven. So it gives us this sense of tension that would be in that B flat seven, even though it's a D flat seven, right? And so there's still this tension and release feeling. We go A flat minor seven, D flat seven, E flat major seven. But regardless of whether you fully understand the theory behind all of that isn't quite as important as understanding that all this happens all the time in jazz standards. You're going to see this whole step relationship from a dominant seventh chord arriving back to a tonic or a one chord, right? And when you see that, you can at least name it a backdoor dominant, and that's going to help you categorize the tune a little bit better, help you memorize it a little bit easier. Okay, so the next four bars, what we call a classic turnaround. We have an E flat major seven, C minor seven, F minor seven, B flat seven, and that is a classic one, six, two, 
five chord progression, okay? So this is one of the most common chord progressions in jazz. Good that you get to know this chord progression in every single key, right? Not just D flat major, but every single key. Now it's pretty common, by the way, in jazz when we're doing a turnaround that's gonna go back around to a second A section. In this case, this is A1 and down over here is A2. So we're trying to do that. We're gonna go one, six, two, five, and then a three instead of a one again. So three, six, two, five. So G minor seven, C seven, F minor seven, B flat seven. And the reason why that works is because the three and the one are interchangeable. I have these chords in parentheses, which is G seven and F seven, because you can also turn really any minor seventh chord in a diatonic series into a dominant seventh chord as well. And it turns them into what we call secondary dominance. And a secondary dominant is when we are tonicizing any chord, any diatonic chord within the series with a dominant seventh chord. Okay, so over here in bar nine, we're back and essentially doing A2. So E flat major seven to B flat minor seven, E flat seven to A flat major seven, A flat minor seven, D flat seven, that's that backdoor dominant to the one, six, two, five, one. Now, oftentimes, again, when we're talking about different A sections, we are thinking of them as similar, right? They're almost always similar to each other. So A1 is almost exactly the same as A2 in most jazz standards. Usually it's the last two bars of the A section that are different. And usually the last A section, the second A section, it resolves to a one chord where it kind of resolves versus the first, it helps turn you around to the top again. So essentially what I'm saying is if you understand the first A really well, if you learn the first A, that means you basically have the song. Actually, it means you've learned the song 75% if it's an A-A-B-A form like Misty is because you already know one A. Now you know the second A with one slight variation and that means you know the third A because the third A is almost always the same as the second A. We'll take a look at that in one second. Okay, so now before we move on, by the way, I just wanted to mention that we actually have a full study of Misty in our LJS Inner Circle membership. So we have obviously this chord analysis, but improvisation exercises that we do, a training video, a composed solo that you can learn from our in-house composer, and a really awesome community of other musicians who are all working and practicing that tune together and practice itineraries to help you learn in one month. So if you're interested in checking that out, do check out the link in the description or in the show notes if you're interested in the full study. So with that being said, it just means we now have to learn 25% of the song, which is the bridge, the B section. And we start the B section with a two, five, one to A flat major. Now I have this color coded yellow because blue means the parent key center, E flat major, and yellow means tonicizing the four chord, A flat major, right? So we have a lot of yellow here on the sheet. So we have B flat minor seven, E flat seven, a flat major seven. Now again, important to relate the melody to what these chords are. Wow, 
right? That's the melody of that section right there. So having the melody as the context is really important to helping you memorize the chords once again. But again, as long as we understand diatonic harmony, we see that this is B flat minor seven is a two, E flat seven is a five, and A flat major seven is a four chord. And then we have this brief E flat seven five, going back to the A-flat major because it sits on that A-flat major for two bars otherwise, right? So basically just a 2-5-1 to the four chord. So as long as we understand our diatonic series and how it all works, then we can start categorizing this. The bridge is essentially starting out by going to the four chord. Now, it's really just the next four bars that's the hardest to memorize in Misty. And that's because we start going outside of diatonic land, which we've mostly done to this point, other than this backdoor dominant sequence, that deceptive cadence that we talked about, which I color coded in green. Okay. So now we have this transition from A flat major. Now we're going up a half step to A minor seven. Okay. So A minor seven to D seven, the way I would remember that is just simply going, okay, all we have to do is start playing a two chord, a half step up from A flat major seven, which is A minor seven to D seven. Now I like to think about this as a hybrid two, five of three, right? Because if we think about what the three chord is of E flat major, it's G minor. So A minor seven flat five, D7 would be a 2-5 of 3 of G minor, but that's not what's happening because we have an A minor 7, meaning that it's almost like we're borrowing from G major. I call that a hybrid 2-5. Again, not so important that you don't completely understand that theory there, but more just to go, all right, this is like a 2-5 to G minor or G major, whichever one you like to think about it. That doesn't resolve, then it goes to a 2-5-1 to B flat major. So C minor seven, F seven, B flat major. Then some blues harmony with this E diminished seventh, which really is just chromatically moving from the E to the F minor seven. F minor seven is the two five that brings us back to the one for the last A section. So again, let's go back to these last four bars of the bridge. Cause again, they're kind of the trickiest. We're going up a half step from A flat major to A minor seven. It's like a 2-5 to G of some sort. Then we're going 2-5-1 of B-flat major 7, okay? Now, again, B-flat major 7, it's not related to E-flat major, right? So that's where it can get a little bit confusing. So how whatever works for you to help make that connection, I like to think of, well, B-flat is the fifth tone of the E-flat major scale. So I'm basically just playing a 2-5 to the fifth, before I go to E flat major again. So this really is a section that is really gonna need some extra memorization, right? Versus just categorizing things, but still all this can be helpful. So A minor seven, D seven, C seven, F seven, B flat major seven, E diminished seven, F minor seven, B flat seven, back to the top of the A section, right? Now you'll often see in real books, this kind of simplified version right here. A minor 7, D7, G minor 7, C7, and then F minor 7, B flat 7. So it just goes that A minor 7 for one bar, the D7 for two bars, and G minor 7, C7, 
F minor 7, B flat 7. So that's like a simplified version that you'll see in real books and lead sheets sometimes for Misty. But the original changes are A minor 7, D7, C minor 7, F7, B flat major 7, E diminished 7, F minor 7, B flat 7. Okay. So now we're back onto the last A section, which again is really just an exact copy of the second A section. We have the one chord to a two, five, to four, to A flat minor, to D flat seven, that's that backdoor dominant, to one, six, two, five, one. All right, so that's all for this quick win episode of the podcast. Hope that you found this analysis helpful today and that you can take something away with you. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening at. And we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.